0: startups and cryptocurrency. Apart from COVID, these were probably the two most overused words last year. But this year, the connotation has changed. While last year investors were singing praises about them, they are quiet this year, after all the cracks in their models and operation have been exposed. Though we've covered the crypto crash and scams, we've not yet looked into the scams going on in India's startup ecosystem. So, let's get right into it. Welcome back to Revolution Read On, a daily podcast where we break down one story from the world of business and finance. Click on the subscribe button to never miss an update from us. Here's your story for today. Before we get into the specifics of the startups who scammed people or the psychology of scamming, let's look at the type of startup scams. Now, technically, startup scams can be as simple as a corrupted employee pocketing extra money to something as complex as a founder lying about the whole premise of the startup, what happened at Tyrannos. But we are broadly going to be looking at two kinds of scams. Revenue-based scams and cost-based scams. Since investors don't expect startups to be profitable right from the start or for a considerable period of time, the metric that they usually track is revenue. Other metrics like users, etc. are also important, but one of the most important metrics is revenue. And this is also really important for founders as revenue plays a major role in determining a startup's valuation. So, a lot of startups start finding ways to pad their revenue. Wondering how that is possible? Through circular transactions. Q. The Goal mal Hai Bhai Sab Goal mal Hai song. Circular transactions are basically a way of pushing around money without any actual sale or transaction happening. Let's assume Elizabeth, founder of startup A, wants to boost revenue. She can make a fake bill of sale showing she sold goods worth 1,000 rupees to her friend Adam's company B. But uh, even if the bill is fake, Adam still has to pay money, no? So Elizabeth does make money, right? Yes, Adam does have to pay for the fake sale, but Elizabeth doesn't really get the money because Adam's friend Billy who owns Company C, makes another 1,000 rupees bill in the name of Elizabeth for any random fake services. So, the money Elizabeth had received goes back to Adam through Billy. And both Elizabeth and Billy can increase their revenue without making an actual sale. The same thing can be done with a vendor as well. So the company basically burns money to increase revenue, cheating investors twofold. But thanks to GST norms, such scams are becoming difficult. In fact, Market, an Infratech unicorn, was caught in March by the income tax department for making such fake entries worth 1,500 crore rupees. The startup had created several shell companies to show these many fake transactions. Zilingo CEO Ankiti Bose was also apparently padding the e-commerce startup's sales and revenue and using that to get leeway from investors. The company's impressive $1 billion revenue is in reality less than $10 million. It is unclear how she was padding the revenue, but it could be through booking sales for which the startup had not yet received the money. Another way of committing revenue-based frauds is booking the year's expected revenue up front and not correcting it if it goes down. Wait, but how can you book revenue up front? Suppose a company sells subscription services. You pay the full amount of the subscription up front, but the company cannot record this entire amount as revenue. Why? Because What if halfway through the subscription period, you decide you don't want the service? You want a refund. So for subscription services, revenue should be booked as and when it is earned. If it is a 12,000 rupee annual membership, 1,000 rupees should be recorded every month. And if companies are booking the entire revenue up front, they need to make corrections in case a customer cancels the service. But they don't do so, just so that they can show a higher revenue. According to sources who spoke to the Ken, Baiju's has also been following the upfront revenue booking policy. And this is why Deloitte, an auditing company, is not signing its 2021 22 financial reports. Cost based scams usually occur when a founder or an employee at a startup inflates bills and pockets the extra money. For instance, Suppose you're a startup that needs 1,000 t-shirts for your employees. One employee is given the responsibility of ordering these t-shirts. Now, the employee manages to negotiate a deal where each t-shirt is set to cost 400 rupees. However, he tells the vendor to make a bill which shows that each t-shirt costs 800 rupees. So, he gets 800 rupees into 1,000 from the company whereas the t-shirts actually cost only 400 rupees into 1000, the vendor and the employee then pocket the extra money. Something similar happened at Vedantu recently. The company realized it has been overpaying some vendors because some employees had negotiated deals with them and were taking around 10% cut from them. Such inflated bills are difficult to catch and could end up drowning a budding startup. Because of such practices that can't really be caught unless strict due diligence is done, investors often don't realize what exactly went wrong with the startup they had invested in. Because they had only been seeing rosy reports until everything unraveled. But shouldn't investors also be more careful? Yes, absolutely. But in the last few years, Unicorn, once more, But in the last few years, unicorn boom and easy money period, investors were focused on deploying money quickly to get huge returns. This means they often skipped due diligence or that their due diligence wasn't that diligent. But now with a funding crunch, this due diligence is set to make a full comeback, probably exposing more such scams. In fact, Sequoia Capital, whose portfolio companies Zilingo, BharatPay, and Trell were all surrounded with controversy, has decided to come up with guidelines to prevent such frauds. It will impl- once more. It will implement whistleblower policies, conduct governance training, ask for more disclosures and internal audits, and ensure adequate, independent board representation. However, will these steps be enough to stop startup scams? Or should the government also get involved in regulating startups? Only time will tell. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening in. We'll be back tomorrow with more.